Good morning, people of God. It is such a good day. It is a wonderful day to give praise and rejoice and, uh, and just be alive. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, special welcome to those of you who are joining us, especially for the first time today. Uh, we've obviously a lot going on. So um, today is Palm Sunday, the beginning of what we call Holy Week and this experience of uh, the passion of Christ. And so today we get and retell the story of Jesus' triumphal entrance into Jerusalem. Uh, Thursday, we have what's called Maundy Thursday, not Monday Thursday. I've heard that for years. It's not like Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, it's not Maundy Thursday. It's Maundy, which means mandatum or command Thursday. Jesus gives a command. Okay? Maundy Thursday, we have worship at 7 o'clock, where we retell the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, of them having the Last Supper together, of Jesus taking his uh, disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane and praying together. Okay, all that happens on Thursday. Again, at 7 o'clock here. Good Friday happens this Friday, obviously, where we retell the passion of Christ. All that Jesus went through for each and every one of you leading up to the cross. Okay, that is Good Friday. That's at 7 o'clock. If by chance you can't be here in person, we will be live streaming both of those services. So you can join us from home or from wherever you're at. Of course, next Sunday is Easter, which uh, is just a wonderful event in itself. But before that, we get Saturday, which is our Easter egg hunt. Uh, this Saturday from 10 to 12, uh, by all means, share it with friends and family and neighbors. Anyone is invited. They don't have to be a member here to just have a great time. Speaking of which, there is a sign-up sheet. I noticed this morning that uh, we are still in need of some people to help set up and clean up. So if you're available, hey, Pastor Kelsey, raise your hand. That is Pastor Kelsey right there. Uh, she would be a wonderful person to talk with as far as, you know, if you have some time this week or especially Saturday morning uh, to help set up for the Easter egg hunt or if you're available afternoon on Saturday to help clean up, many hands make light work. Otherwise, the four Parker sons have to do it all, and they're going to be crabby. So, because, you know, kids don't get volunteered. They get voluntold, the pastor's kids. That's how it works. Uh, so, yeah, th all that's coming up this week. We're really excited about it. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, we also have a skit uh, following our, our opening song and prayer. Um, our kids are going to come and share a little something special with us this morning as well. So. Uh, with all that said, let's get after it. I, oh, one more thing. Y'all received one of these, at least one of these on your way in. Okay, this is a palm frond. Okay, again, look at you all just getting excited about making the crosses already. Okay, uh, so here's the deal with your palm fronds. On this day of Palm Sunday, we celebrate Jesus entering into Jerusalem, and everyone was so ecstatic because, again, they believed Jesus was the one to save them, especially from the Romans that they wanted to celebrate. And so they didn't have, you know, streamers and uh, trumpets in their back pocket or, or foam fingers or Japanese thunder sticks or all those things, right? They had palm trees. So they cut down the palm trees and they waved them. And they were ecstatic because their Messiah was coming, okay? They laid down their cloaks so that Jesus' foot didn't have to touch the ground. That's how excited they were. So you are now part of the story. We invite you to participate in this story. So as we sing our songs today, anytime the Spirit may move you throughout the service, okay, 
you can wave it. And even you can forget that you're Lutheran and do this. And you can even raise your hand a little bit. It's okay, right? It's good to give God praise today. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand. Let's uh, uh, begin by greeting your neighbors, sharing the peace of the Lord with one another. Let us pray. Loving God, you have established your rule in the human heart through the servanthood of Jesus Christ. By your Spirit, keep us in the joyful procession of those who with their tongues confess you as Lord and with their lives praise you as Savior. All those who live and reign with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever, and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. It was, a, it was a bright and sunny day, and the people of Jerusalem were doing their chores and visiting with neighbors and friends, just like always. But little do they know this is no ordinary day. Something exciting is about to happen. A special visitor is coming to town. Some call him a prophet. Others call him the son of David. Many people in Jerusalem had heard stories of a man named Jesus and the miracles he had performed like turning water into wine and raising a man from the dead. They were so excited to see Jesus, so they rushed out of their homes and began to line the streets in anticipation. Jesus, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. Where is Jesus? Here he comes, in Not anyone had heard of Jesus, but they saw the crowds forming, so they came out of their homes and asked what was going on. The crowds told them about the lessons Jesus was teaching all across Galilee. Jesus teaches us the Word of God, Word of God, Word of God. Jesus teaches us the Word of God. With him. Just before they reached Jerusalem, Jesus sent two disciples ahead to fetch a donkey for him to ride on. Jesus wanted to show the people that he was a humble man of peace. So the disciples got the donkey and brought it to Jesus. He sat on the back of the donkey and made his way down the streets of Jerusalem. As Jesus made his way into Jerusalem, the people who lined the street began to take off their clothes. They laid them down on the ground in the path that Jesus would travel as a sign of respect for this man who they honored like a king. They cloaks and laid them down, laid them down, laid them down. People took their cloaks and laid them down in Jerusalem. Then some people cut branches from nearby palm trees and passed them out to everyone in the crowd. 
Everyone held their palm branches high in the air and began to wave them to celebrate the arrival of Jesus. Swish, 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 the people with the branches, swish, 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 in Jerusalem. And as Jesus rode down the street, the excitement grew and grew. The people cried out, Hosanna to the son of David, bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. People on the streets cry, Hosanna, Hosanna. A day that started off just like any other day ended in celebration with the triumphant entry of Jesus on the back of the donkey. And the people of Jerusalem celebrated the promise they had been waiting for. The king had finally come. Jesus is our king, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Jesus is our king, Hosanna, to the sun. Well, that was better than any Bible reading you were going to get from me. That was pretty amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts with us today. Wow! Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, in case for some reason you just reappeared on earth in this moment right now and you missed all of that and all the palm branches, right? Today is... Palm Sunday. And every year we read that reading that was just shared, the whole experience of uh, Jesus foretelling uh, that the, you know, the Messiah needed to ride in on a donkey and the disciples finding the donkey and untied the donkey and brought the donkey and, and went down that street and people were cheering, right? And they were screaming, not only the disciples, but everyone who was there was waiting for the one who would save them, especially from the Romans, who would save them and give them uh, of the, the, everything that they had hoped for in the second coming of God on earth in that Messiah. And so they were screaming, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he or the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Everyone shout, Hosanna. Hosanna. Oh, to be there in that moment. What a moment it must have been. In the face of those Roman soldiers, in the face of all those people from around the known world, to hear and to experience that moment that the one to rescue them had arrived. And in light of the journey that we have been on throughout the season of Lent, we have read, uh, what, six different psalms. I just, I couldn't leave that book just yet. I, I had to bring one more psalm into our reading, especially with the kids reenacting and sharing what Matthew was all about. There's a psalm that is attached 
to this experience of the Messiah coming back into Jerusalem and the gates being thrown open and God's people being saved. And it's an amazing psalm from 118. And I want to read that for you now. Just follow along up on the screen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His stead- uh, let Israel say, His steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The, righteousness shall, or the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind that festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. An amazing psalm given to us today. One that is filled with praise and giving thanks. And and here's the deal with this psalm. Once again, it can be life-changing if we allow these words to permeate and kind of sink their seeds into our hearts. Because here's the deal. We live in a world and in a culture that teaches us to be takers. People who feel entitled or deserving, who focus more on achieving and success. We're being taught to be independent. And in the face of all of that, we get Psalm 118 that teaches us, no, it's not about deserving or earning something. It's about gratitude for receiving. And it's not about being independent. It's about being truly dependent and dependent upon God. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. So in Hebrew, in which this psalm was originally written, In Hebrew, the word for thanks is todah. Everyone say todah. Okay, it's not like, it's like todah, right? But it's todah, okay? Now, todah is not some kind of a a verbal expression of thanks. It's not like me saying thank you. Todah is so much more. Todah means uh, um, giving something tangible, giving thanks with something that you value a lot. Okay, something that is, that's needed. Maybe your first sheep or, or the first ripened grain or your finest, most precious things to you. To give those in response to saying thanks is to be in todah. To give thanks like that is to give the first stuff and not just whatever you have left over. And it's not done out of obligation. It's not some kind of, well, I suppose I should be grateful so I should give something. No! Toda is a joyful response to being given absolutely everything in our lives. When we start to realize that 100% of, of our money, 100% of our time, 100% of, of what we do for a living, 100% of our family and friends, 100% of everything that we are and have is God's. And Toda comes along and says to give thanks for that is to give the beginnings of it 
and live off the rest. So if it's the first 10% or the first important thing, you still get 90% to live on, which is still a pretty awesome deal, right? To have that much and to give thanks out of Todah. It's like that TikTok that I briefly mentioned a few weeks ago. Uh, it went something like this. If I were to give each of you a million dollars right now today, how would you feel? And you're like, yeah, you don't have it, so I'm not going to answer anyways. You're right, I don't. You'd probably be back in church next Sunday, and I'll laugh for sure, right? But to have a million dollars would be pretty good, right? There's probably not a whole lot that could happen that would take you off of that joy of being given a million dollars. Okay? Now, if I were to say, uh, I'm going to give you that million, in fact, let's make it ten million. I'm going to give you ten million dollars, but you can't wake up tomorrow. You're done. Would you take it? I'm seeing a lot of no's. I'm seeing a few people think about it, which is kind of messed up. <laughs> of course we wouldn't take it, right? So here's what that tells me. It tells me that you value waking up tomorrow morning more than $10 million. That just waking up is worth more than that massive amount of money. Amen? So why aren't we feeling that way every time we get up? That's the lens through which I read Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Answer me this. How important can a single day be? Hmm. Okay. Could be very big, right? Life is this continuous blur of days. When we think back over our lives, they kind of smerge together, right? And yet everything can turn on what happens and unfolds in one single day. That was the day my father died. That was the day she said yes. That was the day the doctor uttered that word malignant. That was the day my son came home again. We Americans are prone to say that 9-11 was that day where everything changed, right? That day that we will never forget. But 9-11 is just another December 7th, 1941, when Pearl Harbor was bombed. Or the day, to get more personal, like my grandmother died, or the day that that tornado touched down and took everything, or the day that that shooter rampaged through that school. Those are tragic days, solidly and thankfully in the past days, that have changed our lives that we won't soon forget. And then on the flip side, there are more hopeful, world-changing days. As Americans, maybe not so much 9-11, but more like July 4th, where we celebrate our national independence. Or maybe like January 1st, 1863, when it was declared that the slaves could be emancipated. Or again, to make it more personal, the dates of our children's births, right? Those days when we celebrate life more than death. Christians might point to Easter. Jews think of the Passover where their ancestors were freed from slavery in Egypt. In fact, verse 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. That word for made might better be translated acted. This is the day the Lord has acted or made God's presence known. 
The Lord definitely acted in that exodus where the Jews were freed from Egypt. God definitely acted on Christmas Day, on on Easter morning, on Pentecost Sunday. These are days that define both history and us. So yes, sometimes days feel like they can blur together. Other times, a single day literally can change everything. For many of us, we have big days that we look forward to, don't we? It might be a retirement. How many of you who are either retired or are hoping to retire somewhat soon were really excited about that day, either coming or having come? Yeah. Some of us in our 40s are already looking forward to it too, right? It'll be like when I'm 82, but it's going to be a good day. Yes. Or maybe if it's not retirement, maybe it's a a wedding we look forward to, or a birthday, or the first day of vacation. Right? Here we are in spring break. My kids were really excited when they got home from school on Friday. Or maybe it's uh, uh, the end of the school year. I know the boys are looking forward to that now too. You're looking ahead, which is good to do. It's good to be moving toward a destination, toward something we're excited about, toward something that's bigger. We look forward to those big days. But what I hear in Psalm 118 is that any given day is a big day. Every day is huge. It's as if you're choosing that over $10 million every moment you get up. Another opportunity to live in praise and gratitude every day. Now, does that mean that we also have to, uh, you know, celebrate and, and be excited about days when we're grieving or when we're sore and in pain or when we have a test to take or, or those days that just aren't so exciting? Yeah, those are days we can give thanks to God as well. Even those days. I remember this. Um, <laughs> I will probably always remember this awful day. Uh, I was in a college choir. We were gone for the first week of second semester. And I was a music major at the time. I had already gotten through the two most grueling classes, music history one and two. They were fabled in this school. If you could pass that, you were in. I passed those somehow. And I got to theory three with Professor Charles Forsberg. And uh, I remember the day we came back. We were already a week behind, so I was, I was already behind in my homework, and you know, we had to catch up. And it was that first week that I was, I don't know, I must have been looking dumbfounded, whatever. And that particular day, Professor Charles said not only to me, but to the entire classroom, Mr. Parker, your days of being a music major are done. And I was so flummoxed and so in shock that I just, you know, got my books together and walked out right during class. And that was the end of being being a music major. It was an awful experience, especially in front of those friends and colleagues that I had had over two years of being a music major. And yet, if I had not been forced to leave that major, I would never have uh, become a religion major. I would never have gone to be a youth director in my hometown, which led me to being a, uh, going to seminary, which led me to meeting my amazing wife. Is she in here right now? She's awesome. Yes! Aha, it worked! Yes! Did I tell you how amazing she is? Yes! Points. 
Which, of course, then we wouldn't have had any one of our four boys whom I gladly would give my life for. All of that came out of that awful experience. Because our God has a way of doing that. Even those days and those moments that are the worst, God has a way of bringing new life out of them. I think of the other worst moments in my life, and now God uses those so that I can connect with people. Of dealing with, with different substances or, or depression or struggles and anxieties. Now I can sit down with someone and say, I know exactly what you're feeling right now. God has a way of turning those into blessings. On any given day, God can bring about something life-changing. So let's do this. Let's get a little personal this morning. What if you and I started to see every day as the gift that it is, worth more than $10 million to you? What if tomorrow morning when that alarm goes off and you hit the snooze or you hit the off button, you know, finally, (laughs) and you swivel your feet out of bed and you stand up and you take that first deep breath, what if that first thought is, give thanks to the Lord for He is good? Or this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice today. That's life-changing stuff. I got a chance to meet an amazing woman. Many of you did. Her name was Helen. She sat right here. She lived that life. She was a Baptist preacher's daughter. And until her final breaths, when she couldn't speak anymore, that woman sang God's praise. We sang How Great Thou Art and Amazing Grace. She sang songs that I had never heard of before, and I'm pretty sure they're not even on the Internet anymore because they're that old. But that woman gave praise with every breath that she had because she knew that it all came from God and that she knew she was going back to Him. And because of that, it was praise. Sorry to make you cry. (laughs) That's the gift of life that we get every day. Maybe you woke up this morning and you weren't thinking that it was such a great day. Maybe you're like me and you went to bed after 2 o'clock and you had kids running in and out of the room at any given time and uh, 7 o'clock just came around way too early, right? First thought in my mind was not, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. But after working on this all weekend, you better believe that thought entered, it did, changed everything. I'm like, no, wait. Thank you, God, for the gift of today. I get to breathe. I get to uh, see what God has in store for me. I get to see all your amazing, lovely faces. We get to be community together. I don't even know what's in store for the rest of the day. We were talking last night, and for the first time, and I don't know how long, there's nothing going on after church today. I'm like, I don't know what to do. But I'm excited about it. Because God knows that God has something in store for me. And so I can give thanks and praise to God today and rejoice even when I'm not feeling good. That's the thing about joy. It's not happiness. It's not feeling happy. Joy is so much more than just feeling happy. You can be joyful in your worst experiences knowing that God will get you through them, that God has everything taken care of, even beyond our time here. That's been taken care of. So we can be joyful and give praise to our God. 
A German pastor and theologian by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said this, The beginning of the day should not be oppressed with the overwhelming concerns for the day's work. At the threshold of the new day stands the Lord who made it. God is right there. All the darkness of the night retreats before the clear light of Jesus Christ. All uh, unrest, all impurity, all care and anxiety flee before God. Therefore, at the beginning of the day, let the first thought and the first word belong to Him to whom our whole life belongs. From the very get-go, let the first thought and the first word be giving praise to God. Now, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was in Germany when World War II was going on. He lost everything, including his life. And he encouraged people to wake up every day and give thanks to God. Let those be our first words. Let that be our first thought. Lo and behold, what if we have that thought a couple times throughout the day? What if we set our our phones to remind us at 12 and at 3 and at 6, give thanks to God for God is good. Or this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I tell you what, this is life-changing stuff. So much of life is perspective in how we see things. Imagine seeing it through the lens of knowing that this day, this Palm Sunday, marks the beginning of a life-changing and world-changing event. These events of Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, leading all the way up to Easter, changed everything. And because of that, God has taken care of everything beyond death. And because of that, you and I get to focus more on living and more on loving and more on caring. What a gift each and every day. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we can't thank you enough for all that you have given us. Give us the the insight, the courage to live into Todah, that we will give you thanks and praise with all that we are, with the first fruits and not with whatever's left over, but, but make it known to you and to everyone else that you are what matters most, that we are grateful for the gifts of life and love and freedom that you have given us. And may we not only live into this thankfulness, this gratitude, but also to be there and be present with others who also need to hear these words and to live these promises that you've got everything covered for them too. So Lord, allow us to experience all of life and in our hardest times know that you are with us, but in those same hardest times know that because you're with us, we're going to get through it. And you've got something in store for us. And because of that, we can experience joy and look at every day and rejoice and be glad in it. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people's sake. Amen. Amen. Called together to follow Jesus, we now pray for the church, for the world, and for all who are in need. At the end of each little prayer, I will say, God of grace, Please respond with hear our prayer. Let us pray. Save your church, O God. Enable us to boldly confess in every time and in every place that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
with the humility of a servant, equip congregations, synods, and other ministry settings to proclaim your love for all people. God of grace, hear our prayer. Save your creation, O God. Every living being you have made has purpose. Give us renewed appreciation of farm animals who labor in the fields, service animals who accompany their human companions, and beloved pets who live alongside us. God of grace, hear our prayer. Save the peoples of this earth, O God. Restore dignity to those who are scorned and persecuted for their religious beliefs and deliver them from the hands of their enemies. Bring peace to places where conflict runs deep. God of grace, hear our prayer. Save those who cry to you in any need, O God. Watch over all who are incarcerated or awaiting trial and stand with those who are unjustly accused. Be present with those feeling isolated, lonely, fearful, or those who are in need of your healing hands, especially those we now name either silently or out loud. Mark, Kathy, Sandy, Levi, Jane. God of grace, hear our prayer. Save us in your love, O God. Guide the work of church musicians, pastors, choirs, readers, deacons, technicians, acolytes, and all those who assist in worship. Sustain them in their leadership as they accompany churches throughout this holy week. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ our Lord as we now pray the prayer that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. I invite you to take out your communion kits. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you this day give you the fortitude in the mind to know that every moment is a gift from God and to be held in God's grace forevermore. And all of God's people say, Amen.
on your way out today, I just I, I can't thank you enough for all the ways you continue to support our ministries here, uh, uh, just through especially through financial giving. It just it all adds up to make a profound difference in how we have been present for those who are in need, especially this time of year, as we get to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Uh, and, and now may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able. Get those palm branches out and we sing our praise to our God out of our thanks. Ah, with that, people of God, may you go forward knowing that every day is a gift worth more than $10 million, apparently. And may you go in peace and share that good news. Thanks be to God.